This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most user-friendly way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS, you will get 10% off your first purchase and... If you sign up for a year, you will get a free domain name. That's squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. Do you know what it is? It's June 1st. I know what it is. No, it's not. It's June 2nd. No, it's June 2nd. <laughs> I know what it is, <laughs> says like precocious eight-year-old oh, Chris Ramo. <laughs> June 2nd, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 265. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. What? Yay! Welcome back. Thank you. It's really, really Forever. nice to be... Yes, I wish. That would thank be God, cool. Thank God we finally replaced Nick Brecken. <laughs> <laughs> With Tingle Couch, Danielle. Yeah, Danielle's yeah. sitting on our gross couch that is full of stuffed tingles. How have we? How have oh, the stuffed yeah. tingles never made it into a stream or anything? I don't know. Sean and I went and visited Nintendo of America... Um, which was really cool to actually go to the Nintendo headquarters. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. The, they, the Wii made them a lot of money, and they built a really nice headquarters that looks and feels very Nintendo and nice mm-hmm. inside. But they have a company store. I'm so big you say it looks and feels very much like Tingle would have. Oh, t- <laughs> it's, it's, it's what Tingle would have wanted this. it. No, we went to the, we went to the company That's store. That's they call it, the house that Tingle built. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we bought all the Tingles from Nintendo when we were there. Yeah. And now our office has a fuckload of... I thought Cable bought these tingles. No, 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 no. Oh, I bought no. them. These were your... So the best thing about these tingles... Not, I know this makes for great radio, but like they're talk- ostensibly Beanie Babies, right? They have beans in them, but only no. in the butt. It's a plush tingle with a bean butt. It, it's so only the yeah. very posterior <laughs> it's most so of it is just like of pillow stuffing, yeah. but the butt is beans. There's a bean butt, butt so your tingle can sit down and it doesn't roll over. Oh. I don't think that's why. Also, it's so you can have a bean butt tingle. <laughs> yeah, that's Are you why. sure it's not just the because tingle the, poos Because the legs beans? are shaped to, to allow it to sit, to sit down and be stable. <laughs> that's true too. But it's, the beans so in the butt are so, so that beans are in the butt. It's so that he has a weighted butt, Chris. I know this because they sold a KK slider um, <laughs> who is sitting on a little bench that's like a bean bench, and uh-huh. it's so the bench can sit down. But this oh, tingle okay. also, if this tingle mm. has a mistake, if this I tingle has an accident, beans are coming so. out of somewhere. Yeah, beans are Mix coming and match somewhere. And put... Tingles bean butt on the bean bench, Ooh. and then it's beans. No, KK Slider is sewn to the bean bench, so you can't have a full bean. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure he could be removed, surgically removed from his bean bench. Would you do that to KK Slider? KK Slider, would you bean slide bench? him off of his? I mean, bench? Tingle is an iron-fisted ruler of Nintendo, oh. so I think he can. It's true. Dictate whatever he wants. He said, yeah. "Put beans in my butt." Yep. <laughs> And like, how many beans do you want? Sir? I mean, to be As totally many, fair, fill it up, fill up that butt. Tingle really would actually be into beans in his butt. I I think that's like canon for for that's Tingle. That's probably yeah. true. What about in his bench? He was worried about his bean butt representation, which is why the new Zelda was delayed until the end. That's NX. what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Tingle for sure. Tingle's demands from on high. Maybe, anyway, maybe this tingle will be the controller for the new Nintendo <laughs> NX, and we can play a template. Players will notice something bean. special about these beans. <laughs> Nintendo hints in the next Nintendo Optic Direct feedback. <laughs> You'll notice that there's a pleasing feeling when you squeeze this tingle. We wonder why that is. <laughs> oh, this is very special. I am really, really happy to 
to be back. I feel like um, yeah, it's good to good to see you. <laughs> I feel good like to see you too. In this in this uh, unfortunately post Iwata world, that sort of level of coy Nintendo is is gone. Yeah, yeah he was the master. The of, of players will notice that the tingles we've been selling for years have a very squishy butt that we find delightful. <laughs> Perhaps you too find it delightful. <laughs> it may raise interesting mysteries <laughs> about the nature of this bean butt. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I'm glad you're here and we steered the conversation straight into Tingle's butt. Right I, off, me right too. This, it feels appropriate. Yep. You know, feels like the right thing to do. Um, so I played all the way through the new Hitman episode last night. <laughs> Fuck that Tingle Speaking conversation. Of Hitman. Speaking of Tingle. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Um, Hitman continues to be really good, in my opinion. Um, and they released a new level. A new zone. A new zone, yeah. Which, you know, in these games, in this game, a new level... These really feel like expansions almost because you get the mission. Obviously, you have your core mission that you do, but then you get all the escalation missions and then you can delve into the sort of player defined missions, which I still haven't even gotten to. Are yet, they putting stuff in the previous two environments when they add the new thing oh, as well? I don't like, know. That's a good are question. there things that you discover in this that then backport stuff into the previous one? That'd be cool. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the thing about the, the thing that makes this work is that all of the levels are completely geographically mm-hmm. unrelated to each other. And like that, that's what makes the structure work in the first place. And Hitman games have always been like that. Until they, um, until the Animus mission shows up at the very end. <laughs> that's true. Right. <laughs> until it's all connected. Whoops. Uh, and you determine, you find out that Tingle has been pulling the strings the whole time. <sighs> I mean, all the cutscenes in this game are all about like shadowy figures and like weird cabals and stuff. So, you know, and bean butts. Yeah, yeah bean butts for exactly. sure. Yeah. 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 Um, so I don't, Jake. I don't know if that's the case or not. I haven't really investigated. I didn't care if it was. I was just yeah. curious if it was. Um, but anyway, so the new the new mission is set in Marrakesh on the sort of potential uh, eve of a of a political uprising. Basically, there's sort of like um, protests and like not quite riots in the streets and. Uh, as a result Quiet of a, as, there's uh, unrest. As, <laughs> as a result of a like former bank executive who um, embezzled money from the Moroccan people, and then there's also a military leader who's looking to um, use this like financial unrest as a smokescreen to launch a coup, and then that presumably is like also a, even that part of some larger thing that is yet to be revealed. But so you have to you have to kill both this former bank CEO and also the uh, general. And this level is pretty different than the others in that it's uh, there's a huge amount of outdoor space. Like you're mm. constantly moving through crowds. There are a lot of little storefronts. Um, you can get up onto the tops of buildings and move from, uh, in a lot of cases, from rooftop to rooftop, uh, which is cool. Um, the previous episode seems like it was a lot more about going inside those interiors and weaving in and yeah, out, right? Yeah, for, for sure. And I think that personally, I... I preferred the um, Sapienza, which is the huge sort of Italian villa complex. And that's very much interior. But part of the reason I I enjoy that one is because the nature of it means that there's a lot of weird interplay between different staff members and the routine of this household. And like, you just find weird shit. Like that level is just kind of comical in a really good hitman humor kind of way where you sneak into some guy's like weird screening room and put his VHS in the tape player and like watch his weird home movies. And then, you know, it's just shit like that. Yeah, that's yeah. just ridiculous. The Moroccan level is a lot straighter. 
sure. you know, it's like, okay, there's a military sort of threat and there's, you know, like guys, armed guys with guns everywhere. And there's, um, you know, like you're, you're, it's because you're just out in the world. It's just kind of more default NPC behavior as, a, as opposed, as to, opposed like, to like, like the spy story where you, you keep yeah. finding weird, like, yeah. The one where right. you keep finding weird things about everyone's lives as a result of being a spy, as opposed to this. Sounds yeah. more like a more modern right. modern spy thing. The, whereas this one, the large interior area is ma- there are two large areas. There's the sort of military compound and the uh, um, uh, embassy. I think this is it Swedish or Swiss. It's horrible that I can't remember. But uh, there's an embassy that this banker is like basically being shielded by, and both of those, the military compound and the embassy. I guess it's a it's a school being repurposed as a, as a military compound, but they're both just much more impersonal than like this guy's this mansion. eccentric weird yeah. genius's like <laughs> mansion, right? It's just not it's just of course that's true. Uh, nonetheless, I had a lot of fun playing it, and the cool thing about it is that when you're in the middle of the embassy, it is bananas. Like there is basically nowhere to hide because it is a it's a it's a place of employment and government activity, and so there are just people everywhere like no matter who you're disguised as there are almost always people who can identify you who are peppered around right so if you're if you're dressed as security guard there are so many security guards that some of them are going to recognize you if you're dressed as janitor um there are going to be people if you're dressed as a you know an information worker like there are just so many people that it actually it does introduce a a pretty fun dynamic which is like holy shit I, I I basically can't hide anywhere. I ended up taking out both targets on this mission with headshots just like around the corner, which I guess is pretty typical for me for my first time through a level. But when I did it in Morocco, I took out the, uh, the um, general first and then I took out the, the, uh, the CEO second and I had this completely heart pounding escape back out of the consulate, like going underground. And then I ended up in the uh, like front courtyard of the consulate, um, which is just the gates to it, like the main entrance. And right on the other side of the gate is just like, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of protesters and like fires and stuff. And I'm like, oh God, this is so horrible. I'm so stressed out. (laughs) And I, I walked out of the embassy through the front gates dressed as a, like an armed guard. And going backwards through the metal detector there, I guess does not set off the metal. detector. I guess they like thankfully programmed it such that it only actually will trip you if you're trying to trespass in in rather than leave, which like, thank Christ. So (laughs) anyway, so I get out and I'm like, Oh man, I, I totally did it. Like, Holy shit. Like no one even saw me get into the embassy. They did see the guy get shot because I shot him, but I had a disguise waiting right on the other side of the door. I basically poked out of a door, shot him. They noticed me, ducked into a room, immediately changed to a different costume so I could no longer be recognized and essentially walked out the entire rest of the way. And like, you know, my heart is just like punching through my chest. (laughs) I get out, I go through the metal detector, I leave, I walk all the way through the level, I get to the exit. And then when I'm at the exit, I'm just so stressed out. When I'm at the exit, instead of pressing the button I so I press what I think in my like stress state is the button to exit the level. Nope. 
What I press is the like instant melee kill button. Oh no! Out of nowhere, my guy just like reaches out to the right. <laughs> off camera grabs some random woman stabs her in the head with a screwdriver and then throws her body on the floor and then opens the gate and does the like cool guy walking out (laughs) not looking behind him move to complete the level wow (laughs) Oh no! Wow! Fucking bananas! It was made. It made him look like the most casual psychopath you've ever seen. (laughs) Mission complete. (laughs) And here's here's one for the road. (laughs) Jesus Christ! Did you kill anybody else other than the targets in the whole mission? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, So my first run through a Hitman level tends to be pretty slapshot. I'm actually amazed that I did the. that I got into the embassy as cleanly as I did without being seen or anything. Sure. Because until that point, I, you know, I probably spent like an hour and a half on my, you know, on this playthrough because I, and I, you know, I must have killed like four people until then, not with a lot of intention, but just because of situations I ended up you in. You just had to. And yeah. I just didn't really know what the layout, what, you know, starting a Hitman level, especially the ones as big as the ones that have been in this game, especially from s- starting with Sapienza, it's intimidating. Like it's a huge area. Oh yeah, you don't that was really a, know where you're trying to go. A question I had for you is the scope of this one, like the size of it, feel like the Sapienza level, or is it a different size again? The size might be similar. I don't find the scope as Im- quite as impressive for the reasons I stated earlier. Yeah. I find the completely like doubling back on itself, interlocking nature of the of the villa complex to be more interesting than this. Yep. Um, but I also, you know, it don't, seems like they're trying for a lot of variety. If set yeah, up between exactly. the three levels they've put out, I don't out, know though. if I need every level to be that because, like, th- this one is more about. So the, in Sapienza, it's relatively easy to get into the to the to the villa because there's so I, I got into the villa silently in my very first time playing it just by following an employee uh-huh. in. Um, it's more about just like the bajillion different entry and exit points and overlapping, whereas. This Morocco seems to be more about these super big choke points where it's like you have to go into this consulate basically through one of two ways. There's basically two ways to get in and one of them is through the front door. I don't know if that's true. There might be more. But it seems just from at at first glance, it already feels like it's more about creating a way to like force the issue, you know, and get in through a more heavily guarded area, which makes sense because it's a. It's a government building. It's a consulate in the middle of riots. So it makes sense that you'd have to like be more clever about a smaller number of entrances where the villas is, is a huge place that basically dominates the town and you can get in through the cliffside and just where, wherever. Um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's, I've been talking way too long, but I just, I love the new Hitman so much. I need to play it. I sort of, you know, I've always enjoyed stealth games, but I have not played the new Hitman and I think after being as obsessed as I've been with the Americans, I would appreciate it even more doing oh, my little stealth kills and all that good stuff. Yeah. This show, I mean, yeah. And outrageous disguises also. Is, yeah, it, oh, that's, that's the true. part that I that's was true. most okay. like thinking yeah. of when you're like, and I just changed into a disguise and I just pictured like, you know, Carrie Russell, like jumping oh, yeah. in, putting on a crappy wig and then like oh, yeah. running out with every her little time purse on or the Americans, every time <laughs> it cuts to like Philip in a new mustache, oh, I basically like best. put my hands up yes. and cheer. I'm so excited. Yeah. I usually, yeah. I take little screenshots for myself. I'm at that point where I love the show so much where I'm, I'm it's taking so a good. shot the at the new so one. Good. I want the Americans yeah. to catch on bigger so that we can get the like 
internet fan illustrators who have like chronicled every outfit Don Draper has ever ever <laughs> oh, worn. Yeah. Whatever. I want yes. like I want the same exact like three quarter shot of every character of of every stupid glasses wig mustache yes. combination that has appeared <laughs> yeah. in that show. Yes, oh, man. please. That would make me very happy. It might already exist, and I've just never looked. But <laughs> I don't think that show has that kind of fan base. It yeah. needs it. It doesn't. I don't really ever see. I only see like television critics talk about it. Yeah. Which makes it sound like such an elitist thing, but it's such a good show. It's the best. Yeah. The actual best. You should all watch it. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> Hitman's good. <laughs> anyway, Hitman. It's not, Hitman's not very similar to the Americans other than the hilarious right. outfits. Outfits and yeah. such. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you like, I mean, I don't even know if I would necessarily, I guess Hitman is a stealth game. I don't ever call it a stealth game because it doesn't feel... It's so different from it feels the so, sort of moment yeah, to moment. Yeah. It feels so much more um savable than Sure. Than not like save and quit or like save and load, but like uh you can rescue situations in a way that often in stealth games I find impossible. Sure. Um there's ways to actually fold yourself back into the level and the world doesn't just Yeah. doesn't funnel infinite guys. Right. <laughs> Unless you're doing the thing that you did uh where you sit on a roof and just keep sniping every guy who comes through the door. <laughs> yeah. I actually got into I actually got into my one failure in the one time I failed when I tried this mission. Um, what I mean, I, I failed subjectively in a lot of ways, but the one time I actually got end mission was when I tried to do that, not on purpose, but I took a shot at the uh, at the CEO, and I I, w- I wanted to I was try I was just gonna book it and I'm like this is impossible. Everyone can see me. I'm just gonna shoot him and and run. <laughs> And then I'll, this is you, a theme will emerge as the classic foiler of my hitman attempts. Um, as I was dashing out, I hit the wrong button, and I like grabbed a uh, a janitor and started choking him on the ground. And I was like, "No, no, no, leave, janitor! Like, leave! That's not what I stop wanted. choking!" There's actually no button in this game Exit to stop. Ch- yeah, to stop. Ch- you have to either like kill them or just knock them unconscious but you can't just let them go sure you have to either like continue choking them or just end it and i i spent like five seconds forgetting that that was true being like oh everything press every button let him live leave like i don't care if he lives or dies i just want to not be touching him anymore um but and then and then by the time I, i i remembered what i had to do um i was next to a bathroom and i just dashed into the bathroom and tried to like hold off a uh, just an epic last stand, but I-, I was actually sort of impressed with the AI at that point because they all you could see on my radar all their little dots like gathering outside of the bathroom, and they were like, "Come out, we're gonna come in there, come out," and they didn't come in for the longest time, and I thought the AI. Was I thought I had got them stuck in some weird state where they were just going to be on patrol forever outside and never and I, it would just be a stalemate essentially. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly one of them just burst in the door and I was successfully completely taken by surprise because <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, what am I going to do? They're clearly not going to come in." And then a guy just like threw open the door and filled me full of bullets. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was totally pro. <laughs> So. Man, you were played. I was totally played. I was actually really. We're gonna amazed. come in there eventually. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Fuck. Okay. Well, I guess you did. You did. You, yeah. did. you did what you said. Yep. Uh. But it took them so long, and it 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 sort of I buy it right because the the they all, all their voice work is so like frantic and panicked and like of course they're out there like amongst themselves being like should we just should we just whatever should like, do the it. world's greatest assassin I don't think is he's in gonna there. come out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really stuck. Yep. Anyway, Hitman is so good. Hopefully it was a mistake and one guy just like 
totally fat assed another guy into the door and he's like, oh god, okay. and then he just unloaded a bunch of bullets yeah. on you. Right. That's that's just the version where they are the game player. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, part of the reason Hitman is like rescuable is because even though your character is presented as this like immaculate assassin. It's completely ridiculous, and you fumble around all the time. And you that's, accidentally yeah. choke out a janitor, and then wear three right. different costumes, uh, yeah, and exactly. hope and hope that it works out. Yeah, and then after all that, accidentally stab a woman in the neck with a screwdriver on your way out. On my way, out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to leave. I did it all. <laughs> no, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Curse these hands of mine. <laughs> He's just compelled. Yeah. Oh, anyway, now that's enough hitman for real. It is enough hitman. I'm sorry. Jesus, Chris. Yep. So you've been playing some Doom. I, I was, heard. I was playing some more Doom. Yeah. Um. My thoughts on Doom are actually probably the same as when I last played it, except <laughs> that there's more of it now. I mean, you guys are both probably farther in Doom than I am. I have not gotten to the part where you go to hell, which I imagine is sure. what happens it's inside like of Doom. It's like halfway-ish. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. like Doom 3, right? You stay in the, in the UAC for a million years, then you eventually go to hell and it's different. Um. Have, Chris, have you played more Doom? Not as much. Danielle, how have you? How far into this game are you? I'm sort of halfway, maybe a little bit past halfway. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you've played more of it than, than both. I've played s- several hours. I know I've played more than Jake, but you've probably played more than I have. Sure. Yeah, okay. I, what, what, what is your overall what's your, take What's your Doom, Doom take? I love it. Okay. Yeah. I, I think it's the most fun, ridiculous game know that knows what it I wants to be. I listen to your be. other podcast. That's right. You probably do. I don't do. Mention, by the way, that when we introduced you... <laughs> Uh, obvi- we didn't. Even, we literally didn't introduce you. We <laughs> it's just, okay. <laughs> um, Danielle was obviously, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, Danielle was a co-host on this podcast for some time, and then when she moved to New York from San Francisco, um, spun up a new podcast called Idle Weekend yeah. with her co-host Rob Zachney, who's also a po- uh, uh, the main host of the Three Moves Ahead podcast on this network as well. So you can hear Danielle talk about games every single week at idleweekend.net yes. with Rob Zachney. And I produce that podcast and it's I it's real fun. I like it. Thank you. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I really love doing it. You know, it's so different from this, obviously, because we're, yeah, you know, really we're remote, show. but it's also yeah. like it's a very chill kind of atmosphere. If somebody I don't know who, but somebody online was was sort of like writing out the scenarios, what it sounds like, what people are are doing when they're podcasting, and you know, it was all sort of you know, beast cast and this podcast and everything, and they were like, and then Idle Weekend is like two people sipping bourbon in front of a a fireplace, just sort of like, <laughs> yeah. like oh yes, this is what I think. So yep. yeah, it's it's a really good time, and yeah, we went way into Doom. I think uh, last week or two weeks ago now. Uh, that you're listening to this. And yeah, we both are sort of enamored with this game because it's just the most, I don't know, it's so comfortable in its own skin. And that's not something you always see in games all the time of this nature. And it seems like this and also Overwatch, another game I've been playing a lot, are both that way. They're, yeah, they're just totally like Im- fully embracing just being a fun, stupid video game. And I would, like, say, I would say even Hit, that's true of Hitman as Hitman well. Hitman as well, sure. Even though Hitman's a much more rickety, weird, like fiddly, complex game it still totally embraces itself yeah you know yeah. and like leading to the many scenarios i described but yeah for sure yeah and, I, and I think I that's a really wonderful thing because you know we were kind of in this really dark and grim you know grim dark adolescence of of maybe more last gen and sort of the beginning of this gen was very much like yes we need to be very serious and that's fine sometimes but 
not necessarily with your shoot many people in the face. Yeah, not if the game is not fundamentally <laughs> about something serious. Exactly. Right? Like, don't try to force the issue. Yeah. It's nice that with with Doom. Uh, the longer I've been playing it, the it it it's nice to be playing that game. Or a game that is as ridiculous as it is where you're ripping demon jawbones off and <laughs> leaping all over the place and rubbing your body against the walls to find secrets. But it's <laughs> yes. not it's not in your face with how it is that. Like you you're right that it does it feels comfortable with what it is. Like it doesn't feel like it has it's not like screaming at you, like proving how legitimate it is or yeah. like begging mm-hmm. you to like it. Um I am worried the more that I play it that what it is is going to start wearing thin. Um, like I'm finally getting to the place where there are like, where the levels are less linear and there's key cards you've got to find. And like, I'm liking that, but I don't know how many hours of it I'm going to be able to do, uh, being the person that I am. Um, but I'm still super glad that, that what it is exists. Um, also, holy shit, the shotgun in doom is good. Oh yes. Man, like (laughs) it's stupid that that is a thing that has to be said, but like as shooter weapons go, it's really fun to play with a gun that has that much like heft and kick to it and can just be a gun that sits in your loadout for as long as it does. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not a person who usually cares about the specific feel of a weapon in a first person game, but I really like uh, that as well as the way that the weapon upgrade stuff works, like, and the sort of s- secondary power up stuff, which I didn't think I was going to like, cause I usually want a game like doom to just be a b- push mm-hmm. a button to shoot a guy. Mm-hmm. But the, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, how like, at least with the default shotgun, uh, or maybe I've upgraded it once. You can yeah, you can add a modifier. Thing you can like it. like yeah. if you hold down the right button, the, there's a like radial fill around your reticule that then the shotgun has like a single explosive shot that can right. basically just vaporize yep. guys. Yeah. Uh, and your pistol, I think, has a very similar one where you can get a sync a charge shot that's more strong. Um, but I like I've, I like that stuff, but I'm not sure I understand. What is the resource you use to unlock that stuff? Like I've unlocked things for it, but I'm not really. I don't really ever remember how I'm acquiring the resource that lets me there's, do that. Um, do you know, Danielle? I'm there's sure you a do. couple of systems because there's the you know whenever you see the bodies and you take out their chip or right, whatever, yeah. that's something to do with your suit. And yeah. then there's you get like point. You basically get points that you're putting yeah, into. Is that. it through secrets? Is that what? I, like I, it might be. I, I, I should part know. Of the re- I, I, yeah, I feel like yeah. I should know as well. But like because of the what the game is, I spend most of my time just like madly running around, yeah. closing just, the distance, and just and, grabbing all the stuff. But like, yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure how I've gotten to where I've gotten, but I'm enjoying it because like yeah, me too. the yeah. combination of ranged and melee combat and the way that the arenas are designed means that I'm actually switching between regular pistol shot, the charged yeah. pistol you shot, have to, yeah. doing a melee attack, doing a regular shotgun, a charged shotgun. Where it's like, do I want to just vape this guy with the charged shotgun <laughs> blast to get him away from me, or do I want to actually engage more carefully so I can pick up health by doing the melee kill? Like the fact well, that the, the one c- thing I never use is the chainsaw. I just I forget. forget it yeah, exists. Exactly. I never use it ever. Yeah. I've heard it's like a fun, cool addition if you do use it, but I just I never do. But the game is still completely like feels. I, totally I saw I saw a tweet that, yeah. that that uh, gave the like someone just said best tooltip ever, and it was a screenshot from Doom, and it said whatever what whatever the chainsaw bind is, but it said. It was like press Q to use chainsaw when you get it, and it like just put that on like level. When you like, get well, it, like one of the earlier, <laughs> one of like just an early tooltip of the game. It just tells you the chainsaw bind when you get it. Like just 
That's so good. Uh, Just a tooltip as like this meta thing. Be like, yeah, the fucking chainsaw is showing up. Don't worry. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very bad in some games, but. Yeah, oh, and this this one. That's just like, I mean, your arsenal should basically have the stupid, like, Evil Dead chalk outline of a chainsaw. Like, yeah, this is just showing up. Don't worry. Uh, I mean, that's functionally what that tooltip is. Like, that's just, that's that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, One thing I love about this game, and I do think it is sort of guilty of of petering out a little bit towards the end, or, or kind of the levels do get a little bit more kind of too big for their own good, which sucks a little bit, but it it's not enough for me to sort of not enjoy the game. But one thing I like the most about it is the sort of, you know, you're going through the combat and I suck so badly at first person shooters. I just don't play that many of them, you know, to the point where I actually have any kind of skill. So I'm playing it basically as like a melee game. Like I'm just, just completely, you know, Mm -hmm. unload a few shots when you're close enough and then just kind of go beat the shit out of them. Exactly. The game totally supports and almost rewards that. How are you not using a chainsaw if that's how you're playing? You could be, you could be forgetting. I was using it for a while and then I totally forgot, but yeah, I should be. And when I actually get to more difficult areas, I think I will, but I love that I can kind of go, Go through, do all the combat, have so much fun with that, and then I'm spending like forever in the empty rooms, just being like, "What? I wonder if there's a level in here or a secret." And there always is. There's always something that rewards me being a giant dork who yeah, wants that, to look that, at every little stupid that texture. Phase two you know? of a space. The fact that yeah. these levels actually have like classic ass secrets in them, it mm-hmm. does make it really that's fun. Great. To- I I agree. Although that's also the thing that's making me. Um, go through the game very slowly yep. because sure. as the levels get bigger and more complex, I find myself it's like a fr- it's fractal like in my in its in its I've, hole towards me just never progressing forward. Sure, out I've, of, sure. I've given up on one hundred percenting it. I'm yeah. now just like if I find oh, a thing yeah. cool, if I love this game enough that I feel like even going back to the first third to hundred percent it later is a yeah. thing I'll do. Cool, the game ha- will have earned that. But like I like right now that I just sort of. Like radar, use radar vision and sort of as mm-hmm. I'm walking, look yeah. to my left and right all the time. And if I see something cool, I'll go check it yeah, out. If yeah, I yeah. don't, I, I won't. But I, li- I just like knowing that they're there mm-hmm. at all. Like it, I, I just get obsessed, involuntarily yes, obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> sure, well, I'll, sure. I'll see a ledge and I'm like, oh, fuck, I think I can make that jump. And then I'll do it. It's you know what happened to me in Ori or games like that. You know. Sure. And then, by the way, I mentioned Ori in this context a few weeks ago, and someone wrote in and was like, very, um, I think, bummed that it sounded like I was criticizing the game unduly. And I, I don't mean to criticize games when they trigger this impulse in me. Um, no, this happened to you in Hyperlight Drifter me, as well, yeah, this right? This is just me yep. describing something about myself, not me cri- like damning the game, yeah. right? Like, I just need to clarify that. But Doom, Doom does trigger that, which is crazy that it's Doom, but, yeah. you know, I guess it makes sense. Is that like 10% Metroid Prime DNA in it that like kind of compels me to do that part of it? Yeah, and, and you want every single thing on the map needs to glow explored for you, yes. basically. Yeah, and uh, right, and and a lot of the a lot of the geometry I'll find a way onto, and then I'll realize like, oh, this wasn't this wasn't actually intended. Where you're like, shit, this was a drop down ledge from when I get there the other yeah, direction. Yeah, because something. the actual secrets are always when you find it, it's like, oh, this is a place that yeah. they made and they put a little thing in it, and it said Bing's. That you got a secret, but I'll be like finding my way onto like scaffolding pipes and shit. And it's like, there's no, I'm not supposed to be here. I mean, like, it's not going to break anything, but it's not going to do anything either. It's just a, it's just a thing sticking out of a wall. And I'll have spent like 45 minutes. Like, I mean, there was one case where I basically went insane trying to get up to a place. And and I realized that it was like, I did it eventually. And there was literally no point. Do you have your double rocket boots yet? No. Okay. I wasted so much time in the forge 
area. You know, the, oh, like, sure, the first the kind area. of big area. Yeah, yeah. that's the area yeah. that I'm talking about that I, that just derailed my progress in this game for <laughs> yeah. like hours. Yeah, it was absurd. Yeah, I think that's a valid thing to. I, I get caught up in that I'm, as it's well. Not val- sure. I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's just me. I mean, it's still like a valid thing to. It's express, a valid fault to observe you know? in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm that way with Witcher also, but yeah, that's another story for another day. Yeah, you guys in Witcher. Holy oh, shit. Oh, I know. We never <laughs> shut up. It's like it's like our take a drink game that we never yeah. It's like our Far Cry 2. It's the Far Cry 2 of Idle Weekend. It's definitely absolutely the Far Cry 2 of Idle Weekend. It's kind of how we do yeah. it. Yep. <sighs> For sure. Yeah. Well, I've also been playing Overwatch. Somebody else oh been playing God. Overwatch? I love Overwatch. It's so good. It's so joyful. I have time to play all the games that I, I think are amazing right now. I know. It's... May was like a really kind of incredible yeah, month shit. for like big games that actually were better than I expected any of them to be. Basically, yeah. oh, yeah, I don't me know. too. Yeah, you too. I'm me too. I, I mean, I when I played the the <laughs> when I played the the Overwatch beta. I mean, I've said on this podcast, sure, like yeah. I definitely expected it to be good. So I had that revelation, you know, before the full game came out. But I still had it when I played the beta. I was yes. like, I thought it was just going to be f- like fine, and I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's, um, it's fantastic. And then Doom, I totally thought was going to be garbage. Me too. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, not garbage. I thought it was going to be totally unremarkable, you know? And then Hitman, I don't, I don't, I guess I didn't think anything because that game just came out and I didn't even. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that like, came out without a I thought it was going there. to be non-existent and then suddenly it was <laughs> There's a There's a whole Hitman. <laughs> so, yeah. I've just been constantly pleasantly surprised. Oh, and then goddamn Imbroglio, this iOS game. Oh, that I, yes. Like, I didn't know that that existed till it was already out and I've. I'm still playing tons of it. I would add Uncharted 4 to that list of things yeah, I wasn't I like super but, excited yeah. about. Like I, you know, they're fine. Uh-huh. They're they're good games. There's nothing, you know, but I never got that into them before. And this one I'm actually like, oh, this is great. This yeah, is Yeah, people are super digging awesome. this game. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. You know, I know a lot of people uh, that I talk to and I'm friends with are not super into huge games anymore. But this has been like there have been a the lot of just of that. game like, ass games yes. that are really good. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's pretty rad, too. Yep. Yeah. 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 I go through big I go through big chunks of time where there's just almost nothing on the AAA side that is exciting to me. But I'm really glad for periods like this because it it sort of confirms like. Okay, good. I'm not. It's. I'm not just secretly against yeah. big games at all. Um, you know, I just. They just need to be a certain thing for me. You know, it's like right. can't speak for anyone else, but like. Well, it's, and also these games are totally different to one another. Yeah, completely, completely, tonally, and sort of. And gameplay wise, yeah. Else, yeah. So with you and Overwatch, I mean, I thought I had a question. Maybe I don't actually. I mean. <laughs> That's okay. So I the, like playing well, Zarya. Is, is this a, <laughs> was that your are, question? <laughs> well, I know. You, okay, I know you played a lot of Splatoon. Yes, but other than your Splatoon love, I wouldn't take you as a big multiplayer arena shooter person. Is that true or Completely not? Completely true. Okay, I, I've never like. Okay, here are the basically the three games, even slightly of this nature, that I've played a ton of online. Bioshock Two. Nice. Did you play Bioshock the 2 new, multi? Yes, a ton. Crazy. That's like the most, you know, online FPS that I've played in my life. This is why it's so bizarre. Yeah. The GoldenEye remake. Okay. A ton of that. And then Splatoon. And then this. Like, these are the games that are, you know, like online shooters that I've played any significant amount of in my okay. life. So it's all like the weirder 
more colorful, mm-hmm. bizarre that, stuff. That's so great, though. I like. <laughs> there's something that is really, to me, sort of charming and wonderful about multiplayer communities for games that were big games, but that never hit big multiplayer. This is less common now, actually, because it's no longer... It used to be the case that every single shooter that came out like mandatorily had a multiplayer component. Yeah. And often they were just weird throwaways, uh, basically. And now that it's just a little different of a situation. But yeah, Bioshock 2 is like exactly the kind of thing I'm talking okay. about. Perfect. There. Yeah. Perfect how, did you, how did you get into Bio 2 multiplayer? Like, I just what? I just played a lot of it and I loved Bioshock I mean, so much, especially at the time, like, you know, around the time you know, 2010 yeah. or whatever. I was just like, this is so great. I can be in this world even more. And then I sort of got it you know in terms of oh it's really fun to play in these weird you know sort of okay like schoolyard sports both killing kind of scenarios you know so yeah it's it's super bizarre it was also fun that you could just find adam everywhere in those arenas and and you could i guess i never thought <laughs> you about could that, win that, that way basically the bioshock 2 multiplayer would just be a fucking plasmid festival yeah were there user maps like big Adam Hunters where just every corner, <laughs> just the map was blanketed with, with Adam there were. everywhere? Like, oh, man, there really, really were. It's just, I mean, it was like kind of hidden. It was kind of in the nooks and crannies, but mm-hmm. you got like, you know, however many points you would get for a kill, you would get, you know, a, a decent fraction of that for finding the little Adam slugs. And you could well, I guess I imagine that them. if people played, bio, if you play Bio 2 multiplayer for any period of time, you would just know where all the like Adam yeah. spawns much, are. Yeah. So I would grab all that, then I would try to kill people. Okay. It was, you know, again, I have no skill at, <laughs> at FPSs, so it was kind of like, this is how I'm doing things. Yeah. And then I would set my little hurricane traps or whatever they were called, right. and that would be fun, too. The the Overwatch <laughs> effect seems to be very strong. Of, I mean, we talked about it for like three seconds last week or two weeks ago of just the number of people who do not, who are not traditional competitive yeah. arena FPS people. Yeah who are playing Overwatch, which seems like a competitive-ass classic. Uh, mm-hmm. Why am I not playing this game? Fuck it's, me. It's really yeah, good. It's really up your alley. <laughs> I know, it's what I want, but I just haven't... Ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. This is the week that I will play... Uh, right, let's play it. I'll play Overwatch. God damn it. Y'all yeah, should stream I, it. Yeah, I don't it's know. We've never streamed game. a multiplayer game, have we? We'd oh, have really? to figure out how to do that. Oh, Daisy, we stream, but that's different because you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm sort of like coming at Overwatch from the opposite angle, which is like I am... Fair, pretty proficient at first-person shooters, just mechanically speaking, um, not like am- amazing, but I'm, I'm, you know, quite you know good at doing. them. Yeah. Like just, just naturally, like not, not just as a result of just shit I played growing up. Um, but I, I, at this point, and for basically my entire adult life, um, I just, I just do not play multiplayer. Like I. I just have like almost panic attacks in response to multiplayer games. Yeah. Um, and so Overwatch, like I have the sort of opposite. Like I think a lot of people who playing, um, well, no, I probably most people playing Overwatch like most of the things about Overwatch generally, but like in contrast to the, to the people who are saying like, Oh, I'm not as much of a shooter person, but like my way into this is because I have all these different characters and it's fun and whatever. Yeah. My, my thing is just like, I like it so much that I'm just trying to overcome my like <laughs> aversion to playing with random sure. people on the internet, which I just hate doing for some it's reason. It's understandable, honestly. It's, well, it's, it's not even it. for a reason, though. It's not. <laughs> I don't think it's even for a reason. There's surely. I feel like I'm sure there is a reason, but yeah, I can't yeah. identify what it is. I feel like just the general toxicity of assholes online has made me I very I don't averse. Think that's what it is. No, Chris doesn't really? like okay. Chris doesn't like uh, being accountable to people he doesn't know and letting weird randos down on the internet. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not. It's it's like 
Yeah, I don't know what it is because I I definitely have long t- since turned off voice chat. So of if course, people are being yeah. assholes, I don't even know. So it's yeah. not even that. <laughs> it's just that it's just that like ah, uh, I have to like do like ah. Uh, you have to be part of a team. Yeah, I have to. And be you can't there let the your team game. down. I can't leave and like ah, uh, like <laughs> oh, what if I'm bad at it? Like it's just the whole thing is just you. Uh, could, you could be the yeah. dead weight that everyone else is thinking about, and you right. just feel their brains game, pressing oh, on you. No, yeah, but yeah. like I said last week or the week I can't remember whenever on a recent episode. This game is so good at minimizing. It goes out stuff. of its way to hide that from yeah. you. It goes yeah. as far as it can to like keep you facing forward. It sounds like, and yeah, uh, yeah I, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's so good. goddamn good! I can't believe how good this game is. I really, I, this is yeah. The take a drink. Danielle says something is inclusive, but like it is a really sort of joyful and inclusive tone, and I think a lot of people are are really into that as well. Like mm-hmm. the amount of like fan art and like people who really like the sort of like cute twee things on the internet who are getting so into this game it's kind of amazing and kind of fun to watch that and just be like this is a shooter this is not you know typically the sort of like fan art and the like you know queer people making like little who would you date goofy things like it's that's not really the genre that that sort of always fosters and this game is like that inclusive that so many different groups of people are just like this is really fun and cute and, and it's shooting people in the face but it's doing it in this way that's like come join our big party of of goofiness and it's I mean, sweet tf2 had the had that's a lot true. of the fundamentals of that yeah yeah and then when you combine so like when you combine that with just blizzard generally which has always had very strong fan communities yeah. and then also a cast of characters that is more diverse sure that is yeah. basically you've basically created catnip for for that <laughs> yeah, TF, scene tf2 right? is like, like when you combine yeah. all three of those all elements. those elements yeah tf2 feels like it was almost like it was a later at night adult swim cartoon sure uh <laughs> like it was you know a bunch of a bunch of goofy cartoon caricatures but they're the funny. All, the all funny dudes. thing was that they would rip their arms off, and that blood right. would spew everywhere. Right. Whereas Overwatch <laughs> is a very different tone than that. Yeah. yeah. It's more Steven Universe versus the you yeah know, kind of. I mean, Overwatch just looks like Big Hero Six to me. Like yeah, it, looks it does. Just yeah. Like, it looks like that Disney c- cartoon. God, have any of you guys, Jake? You would love this. You've maybe already seen this stuff, but have you seen any of the um, like squash and squash and stretch and uh, like blur frame stills from animation? Yeah, of Overwatch characters. Yeah, yeah, like the, Overwatch. The 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 how how however they built their rigs is fucking nuts because it lets <laughs> you do weird classical animation stuff like stretch a character's shape out on an in between frame. Yeah, uh, like it, yeah, I like that stuff a lot. Uh-huh. I, I, as a non-technical animation person, uh, I really really appreciate the animation in this game and how much it's just sort of like. Well, it's really amazing that like, you can put this much detail into something that's going so fast and something that like is just sort of giving all that information to the player. Like Diva's little her little sort of thumbs going on her tank, like things like that kind of give you like, okay, I'm going in this direction and, and she's pressing the button when I press the button. Yep. It's, it's it's just a little thing, but it's so kind of like It's funny. Yeah. I mean, I talk about Adds this it, I talk about you know. this stupid example all the time, but it, uh, everything I hear about that aspect of Overwatch also does feel like an evolution of Team Fortress 2 to me. Um, Because Team Fortress 2 was the first multiplayer game that I played where all of the strange behaviors of a first-person shooter ended up getting turned into character traits where, like, (laughs) the way that a spy backstabs someone or the way that a rocket jump works or the way that the machines build themselves all felt (laughs) so, like, built out and informing the mechanics but also telling you about the personality of the class that you were playing. And this game feels like they've taken that but then gone nuts with the animation (laughs) fidelity and, like... 
even gone further back into classic animation and illustration styles for yeah. the way that some of the posing and, and I, frame this, by frame stuff works. So this you framing it that way makes me think about this game in the same way I think about World of Warcraft, which is that World of Warcraft was essentially a response to about oh a decade, maybe a little less than a decade of um like seven years of MMO of like Ultima Online and, and EverQuest style MMO development and then Blizzard taking that, pulling out the things that are most like identifiable and successful and then refining them in a way no one had before. And Overwatch feels like that in a post-TF2 world of like, okay, we've now seen at this point about 15 years of development of this style of team-based multiplayer game across both um, first-person shooters and to a lesser degree, but still very present, like Dota and its ilk. And like Monday Night um, Combat. Yeah. yeah, and stuff like that, which which that also is drawing from that, drawing that from, lineage. Yeah. yeah, and then how do we take all of the things that essentially like uh, pushed themselves out of this decade and a half of evolution and like cemented themselves as cornerstones or like fan favorite things of this, and then turn them into like the identity of the game from the very beginning? Yep. And Blizzard is just amazing at doing yep. that, and yeah. that's I, I I feel like they did that with this game. You and it's incredibly it. good. Well, and then in the process, like <laughs> introducing just new other things yeah. that are that make it not feel like just pastiche, but, you know, like their own statement on the genre. They're just so good at identifying that stuff. Yep. And all that stuff sounds so much like what TF2 first brought to the table. Yeah. Yep. And it's really fun to be a support character in this game. It is. is. Oh, that's shocking. Really that's right. Sorry. The, that was the, the other big the, the other big thing for Team Fortress Two. I thought was how they codified the relationship between the medic and the heavy aesthetically, mm-hmm. and like with those characters' personalities and the way that that like the medic as a support class being like making support feel assertive uh, instead of being like the last guy picked on the team was a thing that TF Two <laughs> did, and it sounds right. like Overwatch is also really mm-hmm. going yeah. all in on that being yeah. a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's Man, awesome. Sorry. I'll, whenever people talk about Overwatch, I just want to talk about TF2, which means I should play Overwatch. Uh, <laughs> I but, think you'd but, like, love it. <laughs> that, stupid, that stupid Meet the Medic video, which was one of the last pieces of like triple A crazy Valve produced animation that they did for TF2, was like the best ever visual representation of a support class in a video game. I thought that thing was so good. Where the yeah. end of it was the heavy walking up over like the pile of corpses, yeah. looking like the Harbinger of Doom, and then the, <laughs> the sun comes up behind him. But then you realize that the sun is actually like five feet to the left and is behind the medic and yeah. then the camera just kind of like pans <laughs> over to the medic clearly being the one who's making the heavy and yeah. vulnerable. I was like, yep. oh God, like just, yep. yeah, anyway. Really good. Overwatch f- looks like the TF2 animation, like the movie version of TF2 yeah. more than the game I actually version. felt like, I had forgotten about that video, but that is exactly how I felt the first time I used the Mercy support yeah. character. And like, I, yeah, it, it, it successfully created, like what's funny about this is I actually really just I'm not making like a value judgment here. I just personally, I'm not into like the videos that Blizzard has released about these characters. Like it's not my thing. It's a little bit too like anime, like character sort of stuff. Too anime, Chris Raymond. It's just a dumb, (laughs) it's not a good way to put, I don't know how to say the thing. I'm just Just trying to say without just like people yelling at me for being an idiot, which I am. But, but I just, for whatever reason, like the, the way they're presenting these characters outside of the game is not as appealing to me as say the way Valve does. Whatever, that doesn't matter. But in the game, I do actually feel like that. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, the thing you're describing 
about the way that Valve presents all those characters in those meet the whatever things. That is actually how I feel like playing Overwatch when you have a crazy moment, like they yeah. successfully combine all the audiovisual elements to to create that effect, right? Not just like when you're running around every single second, but just when you pull something off, you're like, oh shit, like it's all working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great, great thing. There's, um, I, I might be showing my ignorance about this kind of game, but because there are so many heroes, there's so many kind of, there's sort of overlap between classes. Like Zarya is kind of a tank and also kind of a support character. Lucio is kind of like, he's super fast and offensive, but he's also a support character and a healer. Like there's a lot of sort of cool overlap where it's like, you don't just have to be a tank. You don't just have to be sort of an offensive character. It's like, you can be offensive with this other flavor. You can be, you know, whatever it is, which is also really fun to kind of play That's really cool with. that that is just built into the class structure. I feel like yeah. at its height, at my favorite moment in Team Fortress 2, which we've talked about on the show before, is when characters had slight variant loadouts, but before the store went insane, and it felt like they had hit a point where every character could 50% be a slightly yeah. different class, and it's cool to hear that that's it's just right like in there the structure Overwatch. of this game. Okay, yeah. well... Yeah. I've been sold for the 80,000th time on, on Overwatch. Tingle says play Overwatch. <laughs> All right. You guys want to take a break? Yes, we Sounds do. Sounds good. Cool. Video <laughs> this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most intuitive way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store, and you don't need any design or coding skills to do that. Um, I've done it myself. You can sign up without a credit card and just build your entire site basically um, before you have to make any kind of commitment whatsoever. And then when you do check out, you put in the offer code thumbs and you will get 10% off your first order. And on top of that, uh, if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name thrown in there as well. I actually used Squarespace to make the site for my wedding when I got married earlier this year just like the invitation page and it was incredibly easy and there was a forum that i set up for rsvping and it was like the easiest thing ever i found um, it very easy to attend your wedding oh thanks jake yeah That's also cool. congratulations oh thank you uh, that was a while ago at this point but oh. uh it's well whatever i appreciate the congratulations nonetheless um you can set up an online store on there they have a full e-commerce system if you want to get that going how did that relate to your wedding website um, I sold indulgences. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. If you go to Squarespace, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You figure it out. Uh, if you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code thumbs, when you do decide to check out, uh, you will get 10% off your first order and a free domain name if you sign up for a year. You can attend Chris's wedding, get some time off purgatory, whatever you want. Yep. Just- yep. It's all on there. <laughs> Squarespace.com and the promo code THUMBS. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Casper. Casper manufactures high quality and affordable mattresses right here in the United States. And they will mail them directly to your door in a hilarious tightly packed box that will explode (laughs) a mattress out of it when you open it and then you put it on your bed and sleep on it because it's very comfortable. In my humble opinion, in my not so humble opinion, because I'm broadcasting it out to thousands of people, <laughs> apparently you can get $50 towards any Casper mattress by going to Casper.com slash thumbs and using the promo code thumbs at checkout. 
So Catherine mattresses already start at only $500 for a twin mattress, $950 for a king mattress, but you can take $50 off of that with that promo code. That is casper.com slash thumbs and the promo code thumbs. Any mattress on the site, $50 towards it. They're super comfortable. They come straight to your door, made in America, and they pop out of a box. So what <laughs> else? Part could you, that part is that key. Part that part is, part is key pretty rad. because it's a, it's a once in a lifetime experience. It makes you feel real good about the fact that you have a new super comfortable bed when you also watch it inflate itself like Just a weird poof. cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's not technically inflating itself. These aren't like air mattresses. No, sorry. It's not. It's not. It's it's like it, like it wakes up and becomes exactly. a mattress. Poofing out. Right. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's say it's poofing out. Yeah. It's poofing yeah. out. <laughs> Casper, it's poofing out. <laughs> Casper.com slash thumbs and the promo code thumbs. Thanks, Casper. Video games. So I have uh, a super briefly. Like, if y'all want to hear about it. Well, I, I even more super briefly, I have been playing Downwell on PS4, which is oh, cool. real good. It's a good game. Yeah, Downwell's great. Already probably talked about it a lot. So the game I really want to talk about is Softbody, which is by a person named Zeke Verant. All right. I want to make sure I have his name right. Yes. Okay, so Softbody is basically a meditative, chill, kind of minimalist, bullet hell puzzle game. So what you do is you have control. <laughs> That's an impossible definition. Uh, you have control of two little snake-like apparitions. You control each one <laughs> with one of the sticks on the PS4. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have a different objective for each one of these little uh, snake-like apparitions. Do they like extend off the side of the screen or are they individual characters? Just, that they're run they're just they like, individual characters. They like it's kind snakes? of like a dot. Are they like snakes from Snake? What are they like? They're, they're sort of like, uh, they, they actually look kind of more like comets than snakes, but they're technically snakes. I think. Okay, so In it's a ball with a trail behind it. It's a ball it. with a trail, exactly. And you need to protect one of the balls and the other one has to kind of go do in certain objectives. Like you need to actually put it into like a little maze-like thing, all while avoiding bullet hell sprays of sort of sometimes fast-moving, sometimes slow-moving projectiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this probably sounds really weird and bananas. I hope uh, yeah, I'm explaining it to, to some degree of clarity. But it's uh yeah, it, it's it's all very like you know the the aesthetic is very chill, like you know, relaxing <laughs> music. You know, like sort of like a, a Jake pretty, is flabbergasted by where you're like it's a bullet hell, but like it's a chill bullet. It is hell. though. Imagine like a chill hell. A chill hell. <laughs> it's a cold day in hell when you play soft body. Uh, no, it's, it's it's really good, and everything is sort of a self-contained puzzle. So every you know, sort of every screen is its own little puzzle. Um, and yeah, it, they call it a meditative action game, but I think Bullet Hell actually really does sort of describe it better because okay. there, there are hundreds of little projectiles kind of coming at you all the time. Um, so. Everyday Shooter was kind of a chill yeah. Bullet Hell. Yeah. You guys remember that game from a million that years ago? That game was great. It was one of the yeah, first I sort of PS3 games or PS3 It was one of the first like, PS3 downloadable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved that game that a game lot. That game was great. Had a great soundtrack too. Yeah, the game like really was awesome. basically a soundtrack. It was yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. It kind of you were basically, synced up. It was essentially a bullet hell visualizer to its own soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a great game. I think if you enjoyed that, you might enjoy right. Soft Body. So yeah, PS4. It's on PS4. Maybe is Vita, it on PC but at all? Or? It might also be on I think PC. I like eventually get a yes, PS4. it is. It's on Steam and PS4. Because they like yeah. all there's all those rumors about like an updated PS4. I'm like, oh, I'll just yeah. wait for that. But that's yeah. so long from now, presumably. It's like November. So, probably. like, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess I'll just wait for that thing to. Not a bad idea, honestly. Yeah. You know, there's it just, just seems like yeah. it's. I mean, I know this is probably why Sony 
like doesn't want to acknowledge this is those why, rumors. Like, is Apple, everyone who has new hardware coming out like that yeah. always hates when a rumor like that yeah. shows up because yeah. this conversation happens. But yeah, right. the library on PS4 is outrageous it's at this point. So it seems good. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still can't buy, bring myself to buy a thing that I know there's going to be a just another because thing console. That's better, it's not yeah. like I mean with a phone, whatever. Like I don't, I don't need to have the newest phone. Like I don't care about that. But the the this console, it's like there's only probably going to be two variants of it ever. So I like I either have you say the, that, but this could be the this could be the beginning of console as platform. Like I, Microsoft yeah. started talking about that recently, or there were rumors about that recently that where it's like, it seems like we're. I mean, who knows? We'll know in a couple of years what this actually feels like. But yeah. it seems like their long play, if they can do it, has got to be console as iPad, where the console. Mm. I mean, console as lockdown PC platform is what that would end up becoming, right? Like weird mutant PC, yeah. where if. The, if, if or just phone, yeah, or phone, <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess it's just it is the closest to being a, a phone developer if you're a console developer. The, but you're potentially deploying out to two, three, four hardware SKUs mm-hmm. for each public, yeah, for yeah. each platform. But I mean, phones. People developing for phones have to do that now because there's different screen resolutions and, yep. like in some cases, aspect ratios and, uh, yeah, you know, different hardware. It'll be in interesting there. to see if that is really the model that console manufacturers hold themselves to like i think i think it was microsoft either microsoft themselves said it or recent coverage of it was like get ready for your console to work like your phone where you upgrade it every two to three years instead of every five to seven years i don't know how you can continue to claim that you're offering a premium experience in quotes which is a like Mm. well also having to make sure that your game runs on Oh, you mean as a game developer? As a developer and as yeah. a customer. Like, you're just not, you know, I mean, you're being sold a premium experience. You're paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars for it. But then you also know that your hardware is, you're playing a game that was clearly it's designed around something. It's basically. Yeah. yeah it's, oh, it's, it's. I hate it personally. Like, I, I hate having to have multiple boxes in my room. I just want, I just, I want the one thing that's, that just beams everything that's to That's honestly the single biggest reason I'm. <laughs> so now the reason I don't have a PS4 is because I'm in this, like, sort of game of chicken, I guess. But but general, in a broader sense, that's the reason I don't have any current gen consoles yeah. is because I'm just like, well, I got my computer and it's just well, yeah, like a box that sits there and it does pretty much everything. So, right. so right. every, every yeah. new rumor or business strategy behind consoles and manufacturing bolsters. is just another new reason for you to not want We're like, I don't even want the regular console cycle because I just want one box. And then you're like, oh, now I want to hold out till I get one. Oh, but I don't. And then when that happens, you're like, I don't want to get in that rat race. So like basically... Uh, yeah. <laughs> just uh, whatever. Well, but here's the thing: yeah. like, it get your gigabit network, be, get your Steam Link, and at, then you're at fine. At this point, yeah. the, at this point, the biggest force is apathy because I because I mean, obviously, there are PS4 exclusives that are attractive, right? There's Uncharted Four. There's like a bunch. There's a bunch of stuff at this point. Bloodborne. But, yeah, yeah I, maybe that's not your thing. Uh, well, it's not that it's not my thing. It's just that I'm already so behind on sure, Soul sure. stuff generally that like yeah. I don't even need. Yeah. I like them. You don't but, need to mess with yeah. that. Yeah, but um. <laughs> But, but, but I mean, there's just so much to play now yeah. that it. I really, I'm just not feeling like I'm not feeling it. I don't mean that I don't understand the value. I just mean that I'm not, I'm physically not feeling it. Like there isn't sufficient pressure on me to. If I didn't do this as my job, there's no way I, I would probably just have a PC and I would play like five games a year and then probably a, a bunch of smaller games, but then. You know, like you'd hit a, a few, few of big the big games. ones, and then yeah, and, and then all, a lot of small things. Like that's probably how I would do things. Yeah, if it weren't, man, Danielle, you're, <laughs> you're on this podcast, so I want to talk about Itchio actually for a second. Yeah, let's have do you been, it. Have you been paying attention to the crazy 
Itch.io platform stuff that they've been deploying in the so last much. like in the last few weeks. Um, They're on Steam now. No, they tried. Yeah, I know. They tried to be no, on they Steam. Didn't really <laughs> it didn't yeah, quite I, I don't work. Think, I don't think Steam was excited with that with Itch.io doing that. But it, it, the like development team behind Itch.io, which is a big indie developer or indie uh, game like hosting and sales platform. It's yeah. a big website. Um, also, they host a bunch of game jams. Wizard Jam is hosted there. Yeah. Um, the people behind it seem incredibly driven and incredibly talented in a way that I would not even have expected from how nice and simple that website is. Like a few weeks ago, they did a thing called Itchio Week, where um, the first thing they announced is that they've made a desktop app. So they have a like Steam app or or a GOG Galaxy style thing where your games show up with a launcher that's a separate thing from the website so you can install, launch, and patch your games through a front end, which is really fucking clean and nice. Um, but then they also introduced a ton of developer side tools for like ways to manage your own early access as a developer. Like they they try their they have this um Oh man, I can't remember what their what the what their early access thing is called. But basically, they they said we think Steam early access is pr- potentially fundamentally broken because it presents your game as a free for all that that uh, as far as customers are concerned, it's effect it's out. Even though what you probably think as a developer is that you're putting it up as an early release for enthusiasts to get feedback on, what it's really doing is just adding the game to a Steam library. So. They have early access tools where you can uh, you can put your game up. Uh, and Itchio Refinery. Itchio Refinery, yeah. yeah. And its entire purpose is, I mean, it's called, it, the name is Refinery, which gives it away, but it's, it's to let developers do a bunch of different various controlled early access style releases where you can give out keys that you can have your game basically show up like an unlisted YouTube video, the equivalent of that, or you can just say we're going to do 500 slots for this beta and you can do like tiered releases where with each major beta release you only give out x number of keys um i know the new game from finji uh called uh overland Over- overland mm. is has been a big test case for itchio refinery where they first said if anyone's interested in overland sign up for our mailing list um and you may get you know early access to the game or whatever and it, what they've been doing is whenever a new Whenever a new playtest build comes out, they send a thing out to their mailing list saying, okay, there's 500 slots, and then 500 people can pre-purchase, and then once that happens, the store just closes down again, but then they have that controlled group. Like, I don't know. the It feels like they're offering a lot of tools to developers that allow you to actually make the letter of your early access release way more in the spirit of what I think a lot of people think early access should be about, which is build a small community up who's in there to 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 get an early look at the game but also to actually be engaged in what feels very much more mm-hmm. like a piece of the development process and not just shit we're throwing you the entire game early uh yeah, yeah. they they put out a bunch of other stuff inside of that itchio week but the the app and that refinery thing both struck me as just like really really well considered yeah, well put together really cool. tools yeah. yeah um i love itchio we all know i love yeah. itchio yeah. <laughs> it's also just so I don't know. It's so easy to use as like a a scrub like me, like who makes like a little tiny game jam kind of game every few months or whatever and just puts it up on their little page and just like, look, this is so yeah. nice and easy and like for somebody who's not it's necessarily nice to have technically a place for that. Exactly. That's yeah. Like made for that purpose as yeah. opposed to like uh 
I have an FTP that I put things on. And right. Like, you know. Yeah, like they, yeah. they, I think initially didn't host downloads, but they've also, you can just straight upload your binaries to itch.io now. So like they do all, like it just, it feels like it is a totally uh, free for all version of something like GOG or now even like Steam because they have, you can, any person can just put whatever the hell they want up there. And then there's full infrastructure support for it to show up in a person's desktop app next to something like Overland. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's awesome. Yeah. Yay, itch.io. Yay, itch.io. Right. <laughs> well, do you want to do some reader mail here? Yeah. Close it out? All right. So speaking of jams, Ooh. Gary Chadwick writes, Hey, Thumbs. After the high of Wizard Jam, we thought it would be fun to do a recurring idle fiction jam. <laughs> we'll be taking a theme from a random Idle Thumbs Network episode title and writing something inspired by it. Unlike Wizard Jam, each month we'll all have the same theme to write about. That means we get to see each person's take on, say, Poopwater, New Mexico, In Search of Burnout Paradise, or Brendan Chung. The thread on the forums is already full of Poopwater poems, so I expect the real jamming will be a lot of fun. We plan to run one theme every month, and the first one starts this Saturday, the 4th of June. All writing is welcome, it just needs to follow the theme. There's more details in the Idle Fiction Jam forum thread for anyone interested. Thanks, Super Biased Man. Nice. Yeah. That's exciting. Our community is amazing. Did we talk about so the good. Did we talk about the cocktail thing that's also going on? Oh, I don't know. Did we? No, I don't think so. God. So there's also uh, on the on the idle forums. There's also a uh, again, as with all these things, a community generated uh, jam called Mouthfeel, the <laughs> Idle Thumbs Wizard Wizard Summer Cocktail Jam or some <laughs> shit, and uh, it's amazing. It's a thread of um, of people going through and posting. Um, cocktail re- like inventing cocktail recipes, also based on Idle Thumbs episode titles. <laughs> um, I made a suggestion that I'm I'm pleased with in the thread that seems to have been adopted, which is that with every recipe, people should include a note as to whether or not it's actually been tasted by a person. Yeah, that way there's room both for just funny joke things that aren't actually intended for people to like waste their own alcohol on um but also like there are there are people who are trying to make cocktails that are legitimate recipes that are you know like funny jokes related to the episode title but also actually things you'd want to drink yeah so uh that's on there too and perhaps we can make some of those during the wizard jam stream i'm I'm hoping to name this episode a chill hell in hopes now that someone makes a chill hell (laughs) uh, in the cocktail that is a good oh man perfect I was I was uh, reading recently. I haven't tried this yet, but I was recently <laughs> reading about um, ice shells. Have you ever done this, Jake, mm-hmm. or, or seen this? Either of you? Um, oh. It's it's a way that you can. It's just a it's just a crazy presentation thing. What you essentially do is you shave ice. I don't know how to go about doing that exactly. I have to look that up, I suppose. Um, but you have to get ice very fine, right? So it's not just crushed, but actually like very fine. And then you put it into a cocktail glass. I think most typically a champagne saucer, which is, you know, has flat-ish bottom and rounded sides. And then you use a spoon, the underside of of a spoon, to press the ice up against all the inside of the glass. So the ice coats the side of the glass. Then you put it in the freezer for a few hours, and it frees the ice around coating the inside, freezes into a shell that coats the inside of the glass. And then you can either pour the cocktail into that and serve it as is, and it's this crazy frosted glass thing. Or you can, like sort of push the you shell, flip it around. rotate it up. So like oh, it comes stylishly, pokes stylishly out of one half of oh, the glass God, and yeah. like has this shell that actually yeah. goes beyond the, the rim of the glass itself. 
it's crazy. So, so you're awesome. proposing that uh, a chill hell should somehow perhaps maybe involve an ice shell, and know. it should probably be red. Yeah. Perhaps a red. Yeah, you drink can put grenadine in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I Just also a, a, a like spicy drink that is also somehow cool in color and served yeah. in an ice you shell. Could, yeah, you could do. Uh, you could have. Um, you could maybe do. I love this. <laughs> maybe have it be a drink that is like has a yellow tint to it generally, but then you float grenadine on top or something yes. so you get the red on top so it looks like it's bleeding the, yeah. <laughs> literally Chris, please create a chill hell whether or not we call the episode that or not yes Thanks. yeah and there's lots of room for weird garnishes and in, in that you'd think you could put a little doom guy on there yeah you could put a little figure yeah, yeah figurine yeah <laughs> a little cacodemon god that by the sorry to, to just digress about this but my reading about ice shells led me to some other insane trick i saw where have you guys you guys know the mold i i I don't have this myself but the spherical ice mold where you it's a two-part mold and you pour water into it through a tiny hole in the top Mm. and that way you can actually mold a full sphere of ice and this guy has this crazy method where you fill it up with water, you put it in your freezer, but you only leave it in there for a few hours so that it's only only like the outer several millimeters have finished freezing. You take it out, you use a shri- syringe to poke into the middle and extract all the unfrozen water. You're then left with a hollow sphere of ice, which you then you mix your cocktail separately and then you reinject it back in with the syringe into the middle of this ball and then you have then you can um like stick garnishes and shit into the hole in the top and then you have an entire cocktail contained in a frozen ball of ice which you put into a glass and then when you serve it you tap it with a hammer and your drink like explodes into your glass (laughs) that cocktail that's that's explode mode (laughs) (laughs) nice yeah not so chill hell yeah anyway sorry that's enough of my this so Chris is a cocktail guy now. If anyone was wondering, I haven't done most of these things. I mean, I don't. I, that doesn't mean anything. You're in. You're in research mode. I yeah. understand. Also, spe- a book showed up at my house the other day that was uh, called like, um, oh, I, I I forget what it's called because I wasn't prepared to talk about this. But it's it's this big book called like the science of cocktails or something like that. It's one okay. of those sort of very yeah. modern like every single sort of piece of wisdom has been tested and like figured out. And I was like, where the hell did this come from? And I thought Sarah had gotten it for me as a gift. And she's like, why don't you, why haven't you opened that book you got? And I'm like, oh, I thought I was waiting for you to give it to me. I thought you had like bought it as, she's like, I didn't buy that. And I'm like, I didn't buy it either. Eventually I realized that Spaff just like bought it for me on Amazon and had it sent to my house without telling me because we'd been talking about cocktails like a week ago. Yeah, Yeah. Super nice guy. So now I have this hilarious, like super technical cocktail book. Mixology. Yep. Notes. Anyway, moving on. So Archie Bagnall writes, After discussion a few weeks ago about the great technical execution of Doom's metal soundtrack, (laughs) I thought you'd appreciate this musical Easter egg someone discovered and posted online. Apparently, if you look at the track Cyberdemon with a spectrogram, you will find the numbers 666 and a fully rendered pentagram symbol baked into it. Yeah. Uh, Very good. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. That's a good move. Um, Yeah. It's it's good. It's hilarious. Um, how they do this without affecting the sound quality of the music, I have no idea. Hopefully, from this point forward, each week's episode will have silhouettes of Goldblum, Allard, and Jake, <laughs> the three J's, burned into their frequencies. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Cheers, Archie. That's pretty good. That's awesome. I think the way they don't affect the uh, the quality is just 
those tracks are probably pretty noisy to begin with, and then they just don't. That stuff is probably just at a low enough something level there, that yeah. it's not going to do anything. Anyway, um, that's great. I'm glad that someone thought to scour each of those tracks and then was rewarded. <laughs> and they they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> John Rose Wiki writes, I just got done watching Obama's speech at Hiroshima. Um, Obama's pronunciation of Hibakusha was not great, nor was mine, I assume, <laughs> says me. But the thing that stuck out to me was the automatic captioning on YouTube. Obama, at one point in the speech, says the words in order, force unleashed. And because this is a registered trademark, it appears in the <laughs> captions capitalized, oh, no. force unleashed, oh, as though he were talking about the 2008 Star Wars smash hit game, <laughs> The Force Unleashed. <laughs> a few weeks ago, you discussed the pizza delivery robot brand wars that will surely ensue. And I can't help but feel that even in matters of great importance, robots will not be able to help themselves and will inject brands appropriately. <laughs> Thanks for all the great pod streams, etc. I thought you might enjoy this. John Rose Wiki in Osaka, Japan. Oh, that's wonderful. Also, Osaka is a beautiful, wonderful yeah, city. you went there. I loved it there so much. Maybe Obama <sighs> was talking about Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Secretly. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he winked after he said Hopefully it was, like, a, it was in an otherwise like innocuous sentence, but he sort of paused meaningfully. And later in the conversation, he was like, star, the idea, killer, The best thing would sentence. be if he... <laughs> My dream would be if he did the Force Unleashed thing and then subtly made the like Spock hand gesture. Yeah. And then just, just continue. Just to as he the moved speech. the paper, you know. <laughs> just so good. Just, oh, beat just me up. Full, uh, yeah. full troll of everyone. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. All right. So Anders writes, uh, hey, Thumbs, your discussion about Dark Souls 3 multiplayer a few weeks ago reminded me of a thing that once happened to me and my dad in the heady days of Diablo 1 multiplayer. Diablo is one of the few games my dad has ever really liked playing. But back in 1997, we didn't yet have an Internet connection, so we went to an Internet cafe to try it out. We played for hours and got most of the way through the game until a hacker entered the game and destroyed us and stole all our gear. My dad was just like, oh, well, but I was pissed and wrote down his name and went into the general chat to complain about him in not so nice words. A stranger messaged me saying, I can help. At the cost of I don't remember how much money, and it was worthless since you could dupe money anyway, we essentially hired a bounty hunter to track down this hacker and get our stuff back. I don't remember his name, but it was something along the lines of tilde, 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 dash, dash, asterisk, 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 serpent killer, two, two, three, four uh, symbols in brightly colored letters, which was still an unusual sight at the time. Man, I remember the brightly colored letters thing. That was a total thing in multiplayer games of that era. It was like your yeah. flare. had that too. Yeah. If you kind of, if you could inject the yeah, like whatever right asking you really know. Yeah. <laughs> About 20 minutes later, I got the message, jobs done. And we joined a game with him where he dropped off all our stuff as well as the severed ear of the culprit. Without saying a word, he vanished into the night. I don't know how he tracked down the guy or even if he did. The game was so broken, he probably could have made all those items himself. But at that moment, to me, he was the coolest guy in the world. Then our time ran out and we left. Regards, Anders from Denmark. Oh, that's a beautiful That's moment. so good. Yeah. That's so I wonder good. if he was really the guy, the same guy. <laughs> he was <laughs> running like guy. a whole racket. Oh, man, like, I can get your stuff back. Just give me a shitload of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that guy. That guy was such a jerk, man. Here's the his ear. ear. Though, how, would he, how would he create the ear? <laughs> that's a good, that's a very good question. That was such a hilarious good thing. Severed ear. <laughs> God, I love that. That's you gotta have your trophy. That game. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, you guys want to call it? Yeah, sure. probably. It's a good yeah. feel-good story. Yeah, on a, it off. on a great and ear. And with that ear. Yeah. Yep. 
Thanks for having me back on, oh, guys. Thanks for coming. Therapy yeah. For coming. Anytime. Anytime I'm in town. I'll Anytime make... Nick's feeling sick, we'll just fly you out from the East Coast. Oh, yeah, good. we also didn't yeah. mention why Nick wasn't. We didn't like do any housekeeping at the beginning that's of this episode. Right. Um, that's okay. Um, it was a good episode. Fun times having you good here. Times. Thank you for coming. Thank you, guys. Listen um, to Idle Weekend. Yeah, listen to Idle Weekend. <laughs> Danielle's show that happens every weekend. It goes up every Friday for the most part. Uh, you can find it at idleweekend.net. She hosts it with Rob Zachney, and it's a super fun time. He's a cool dude. They talk about games and TV shows and books and whatever. Yeah. And uh, we have other podcasts on our network, including Through Moves Ahead, which is Rob's other podcast, all about strategy games every single week. Uh, we've got the Idle Book Club, um, which I co-host. Which we... is awesome, by the way. Oh, I'm thank you. loving. I'm loving that. So thank far. you so much. Uh, this this month, probably this coming weekend or or soon after, we will we will release our. Uh, June episode about Mr. Fox by Helen Oyeyemi. And then after that, we are reading The Sympathizer, which I'm really excited about. Sounds like a super fun, weird, like satirical, um, like, I don't know, thing. And uh, (laughs) oh, yeah, Sarah uh, of the Idol Book Club and me and our good friend Ollie Moss are going to be doing a Harry Potter podcast because i don't know why we're doing this um (laughs) that's great (laughs) we're recording it i think tonight but um so it'll whatever um recording our first episode tonight but the the plan is to have it come out a couple times a month uh and do one book from harry potter then one movie so within a month we'll cover a book and a movie um, you should also do the rides at Universal. We'll we'll see if that, later in we'll life. see what happens okay, at the end of I this understand. thing. So <laughs> the uh, episode about the first Harry Potter book will be coming out soon. We don't have a date, but um, if you want to write us about early Harry Potter book or movies, please write us uh, your thoughts or any other questions you might have or things you want us to talk about uh, to Harry Potter at idlethumbs.net. Um, and when that episode goes up, I'll talk about it on that week's podcast i love Hope. that it just seems like oh yeah harry potter works here now harry potter at idle thumbs yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool well they forward all the emails to harry potter via and then owl, he determines right, which ones are know. appropriate to address <laughs> exactly. on the podcast. yeah i like that <laughs> write us at he harry potter at idlethumbs.co.uk man i wish no idlethumbs.net regular old thing um yeah yeah so that's that's coming soon cool Yep. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Yeah. We're on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. Um, you can send us mail at questions at idlethumbs.net. Um, we're obviously on iTunes and pretty much the other places you can find podcasts as well. Please consider uh, leaving us a review or a rating if you like this podcast. And especially, please consider recommending us to a friend. That is the by far the main way that this show um, has spread. And uh, it would be great to keep that going. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, Danielle, you're being, you're the and today in the introductions. <gasps> OMG. I really liked that before I even explained myself, you were already excited. Like you're saying you're the and today was enough. It was enough for me to be very happy. I'm really pleased, <laughs> really pleased about that. I've I've regressed deeply into the and at this point. Oh yeah, point. Jake yeah. is deep and. I was I was be. the and for the first fifty episodes, and then Nick left, and I, I Nick, Nick sort above of like ampersand. mythologically became the and, even yeah. though he was rarely. It's because the of and. that novelty episode where he recorded himself saying, "And I'm Nick Brecken alone in a room." Yeah, but I think even that was a response to the mythology. I thought.
That was my memory of it. No. Well, there were two things. There was just he sent a remote thing where he filled in the blanks for us to laugh. And on that, he said, and I'm Nick Brecken. But then it was canonized for sure when he did the one where he was talking to himself. And yeah, he was that's, just, that's true. Where Sean was like, and I'm Sean Van. He's like, I'm, I'm Nick Brecken. Yeah. And everyone started saying it. I'm Nick Brecken. It was oh, in, in the Brecken right cast. And then it yeah. just ended with him going. <laughs> like, it was that weird like nightmare yeah. scape of him trying to say, and I'm Nick Brecken. But everyone else kept saying they were Nick Brecken. Yeah. 